Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lin, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be talking about what we're looking forward to in 2022. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareitoday.com. Can you believe 2021 is almost over? <laughs> you know, in some ways, it feels like this year has dragged. In other ways, we blinked and like we're at the end of the year already. Yeah, I'm still processing 2022. Like, I mean, as a kid, I remember when I was thinking, oh, my, my brother will graduate high school in 2000, which I guess just makes me feel really old to think 2022. <laughs> it is it is crazy. And well, hey, knock on wood, thankfully we made it through because it was another <laughs> full year of COVID where, you know, we all thought we would be right back to normal with no COVID or anything during the summer, but it's still, still with us. But How big of a topic it. is COVID going to be in 2022? Oh gosh, that's a whole, I don't actually, I think it'll finally wane. I think we'll finally get to, you know what, we're, we've got a handle on with the vaccines, with the new variants, hopefully, you know, aren't going to be as deadly or as, as prevalent. So I hope we're going to not be talking about COVID too much by the fall of next year. I was going to say, I, I might say 2023. I think 2022 is still lots of COVID. So <laughs> yeah, I think unfortunately. So other than COVID, John, um, what do you think are going to be some of the hot topics we're going to be uh, discussing in, in next year, 2022? Yeah, so I, I'd say that there's three that come to mind for me on, on the, you know, three hot topics would be voice which I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of cheated. It's kind of two topics in one. It's like ambient clinical voice and those type of voice solutions for documentation, but also just voice empowerment, especially in the home, things like Alexa, Google Home, et cetera. I think there's going to be a powerful play with voice in the home and using those uh, voice enabled solutions, you know, is going to be a powerful one. And, that, you know, surprisingly, mine didn't just pop up, which is, uh, you know, listening to this uh this episode of the <laughs> of healthcare IT today as well, which is interesting, but I think voice is going to be huge, right? And voice empowered things, uh, whether it's maybe even in the exam room, but also in the uh, surgery rooms, I think there's some voice play as well. So watch for lots of voice solutions. My second one is AI and it's AI everything. And, you know, and it's going to be corrupt use of the term AI, which will probably be more like machine learning and analytics, but all of those solutions that take all of this data is going to be applied to everything imaginable, everything from, you know, how are you providing scrubs to your doctors <laughs> all the way through advanced AI to understand radiology images and be able to essentially do a radiology read on a, uh, on, on an image, uh, you know, we're going to see the full spectrum and everything in between revenue cycle management. How do you optimize sure. your staff, et cetera, et cetera. So AI is my second one. And then my third one, which I wouldn't have said probably even three months ago, but I think the third one is going to be staffing. I think this whole great resignation, but even more than that, I think there's just this 
burnout that's happening that is i think different in healthcare than the great resignation there's just a burnout and there's people paying a lot of money i mean i talked to some of my nurse friends and they're like they're hiring people and paying them these massive massive bonuses well what about me i stuck around what are you going to do for me so i think there's there's just a lot of staffing dynamics that are going to be a challenge yeah i totally agree with you on that third one john i think uh, that was definitely on my list of top three things we're going to be talking about next year, staffing is going to be one, both in terms of the lack of staffing and the difficulty of attracting nurses, PSWs, um, even to a certain degree, clinicians, you know, because of all the movement, um, burnout being one, but also just moving around people going, Hey, I can finally practice in my own state. Um, or I, I don't yeah, want to be commuting in this far now. I want to, I want a job where I can do a little bit remote and more telehealth. Right. Um, I also think there's new competition for staffing. That's causing issue like all these care at home, right? Which has now become mm. much more popular than institutional care. So all the care at home organizations are really ramping up their hiring. And I think on the IT side, we're finally seeing, or I'm starting to feel that they're finally investing in the things that we knew they should have been investing in all along, which is mm. cybersecurity, infrastructure, all those things. Because of the pandemic, they're now realizing, man, we don't have the networking here to do a lot of the telehealth that we we're wanting to do. Now we have to invest and we need some people to do that. So finally, IT people are getting the budgets to go off and hire that staff. So I think staffing is definitely going to be a, a big topic next year, just in terms of how to even hire these people. Yeah, I saw a nurse tweet that said, I don't want to just leave my organization. I don't want to leave for another job. I want to leave healthcare. And it was, it was pretty stark to just read her saying that, right? And I think many feel the same way. And, you know, I mean, there's something about the RN degree and maybe they just need a break and the, they'll come back. But there's, you know, there's scary prospects there. Um, I think on the IT side, though, it's interesting. And even our healthcare marketing side, I think they're going to have trouble finding enough staff sure. because the demand has grown so much for IT services, for healthcare marketing services, et cetera. So there's going to be a shortage there and you're going to have to expand your thinking and go for some creative people that maybe don't know healthcare. For sure. I think related to that, I think there's two other, the two other areas that I pegged as, as being topics we're going to talk about in 2022 is remote patient monitoring or care at home. Basically that mm -hmm. whole movement, I think it's still going to be an extremely hot topic. Uh, into 2022, we're going to see more devices, more technology, more complications as well in terms of connecting. Like, how do you connect to people's Wi-Fi? Who's going to do that? What happens when the device doesn't work? And that whole logistics side of things, I think that's going to be, I think we're going to figure it out, but I think that's going to be definitely a topic of discussion yeah. next year. Will cell signals, you know, win that day? Uh, you know, exactly. Are like they too five, expensive, right? <laughs> exactly. With 5G, right, coming out, like, and all those kinds of things. How does that factor into remote patient monitoring? What happens when you, you know, in terms of the, these, again, new care at home models where the nurse comes into your home, you know, what happens there and what different devices you need in those situations? So I think it's just, it's exciting uh, area. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how all these different organizations roll that out. Yeah. And I also think because of this, we now have multiple uh, situations for what I call the hybrid patient experience, right? Hmm. It's no longer just about um, intake and coming into the facility. We knew that. We also now have telehealth, which is totally different. And now we have care at home and RPM and that whole experience. So now what was very containable in terms of how do I manage my patient experience by having uh, valet parking and, and having really nice facilities. Now I'm like, whoa, I got to think about 
what is the patient experience like when my employee goes to someone's home? That's totally new and totally different versus how do we do the virtual waiting and the virtual experience? Like these are the whole new world here in terms of patient experience. And I think we're going to be talking good and bad about that in 2022. Yeah. And some of the people that are just entrenched and don't want to embrace it. I think we'll have a lot of those conversations as well. For sure. For sure. So who are we going to be talking about in 2022, John? What companies are, are you expecting to do some big things or notable things next year? Yeah, so I have two categories, but I'll throw the first one and then I'd love to hear what, what you think. But uh, the first category is a, a bunch of consulting companies. Uh, I'll throw three of them out there. Tegria, I think, is a great example. They've been rolling up a number of companies into something that's pretty compelling and, and not just consulting, but with hosting, with you know other services that they're offering. Uh, and then two others that I, I have some uh, a bit of a beat on, uh, Nordic Consulting, uh, which I think they're now just officially Nordic, but uh, you know made their way, of course, doing Epic Consulting. They, they recently acquired some Cerner assets so they can be able to do all of that. But I think they're going to roll out a number of products. So let's watch for them to not just do the consulting side, but to use those relationships to roll out products. And I think we'll see the same from uh, 314 E Corp, which is rolling out some of their interesting products, you know, and seeing how can they get into the product side of things. So I think it's interesting to see these consulting companies expanding across different EHR systems, but then also realizing, hey, we know these companies, we know their technologies, we know their people, can we leverage those relationships and our understanding of the gaps in these healthcare organizations and provide some services that they really need and technology services as well. So I'm watching for those three to see what they roll out. That's interesting. I would not have thought about them, to be honest, John. So that's interesting that you're saying that those folks are poised to make some big moves because you're right. I mean, they, they, they're in the know, right? They've worked with directly with clients, like the, the hospitals. And on the other side, they work with the technology. So they're well poised to kind of take advantage of this turmoil in the market that's happening with a lot of people unsure. So, and yep. it's interesting. I've always thought about these companies creating their own product lines or they're rolling out some, some technologies. It'd be so easy for them to do that. So well, and often cool. they know where the EHR is not going so they right. can fill the gap where, you know, the epics and Cerners and Meditechs of the world aren't going to do. Right. No, I like that. Those are, those are good three. Um, one of mine that I keep my eye on, um, very similar reasons to what you're saying uh, with um, 314 there, you know, Coral Health, right? Um, mm. So they, in the middle of a pandemic, decided to go up and you know, roll up a few companies and then they rolled <laughs> up even more. Right. So yeah. you do that during a pandemic, you must be uh, betting big. Like you're, you're seeing some growth and opportunity where others are busy retrenching. So I'm keeping my eye on, on Coral Health because they're, you know, they're really kind of doing some interesting things in the um, uh, rev cycle space, which I think is going to be one of the hot areas next year. So yeah. I keep my eye on them to see kind of where they're going with their automation and their AI. Um, another company that I think is going to do some interesting things next year and, and be in the news, of course, is Cerner. Um, mm. I think, you know, they were in the news in 2020 because of the uh, 2021 because of the leadership change. I think in 2022, we're going to be hearing more from Cerner in terms of new directions, new philosophy, new approaches. Um, I think they're a company that's poised to, to make some um, big waves. 
uh, next year. Um, That's a bet on the new CEO uh, changing direction. That's interesting. We'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> and, and and the change in direction may not be a change in, in uh, technical direction, but certainly I think in culture, um, I think those kinds of things are things that he might decide to tackle. Um, so I think that'll be very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think also one of the other companies I'm keeping my eye on is Consensus. I know I've written about them before. I'm just totally fascinated about this facts as interoperability, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know facts gets dumped on a lot, but I really think given the year we've, the couple of years we've had now, I think people are finally ex- more accepting to go, hey, you know what? If it works and it gets the job done, I'm in. And I, that way I can move on to something else that maybe is a higher priority and needs my attention. So, hey, if this gets me to from point A to point B in a very easy manner, uh, you know, same thing with direct messaging, I think we're going to start to see more adoption of that. And then I think consensus is going to be one of the companies, given also that they're fairly new being a spinoff. Um, I think we're going to see some interesting stories from them in, in the next year. Yeah. Well, they make a compelling case. If you're a home health company that doesn't have an EHR or you're a, you know, a long-term care facility that doesn't have an EHR, you didn't get the stimulus money. How are you going to interoperate? And the answer is going to be facts, right? <laughs> like for many of them, because that's, you know, until they invest in the EHR, they can't do a lot of the other solutions. So that's pretty compelling. See, I, I would look at one other area that I think is really fascinating and that's the messaging space. Okay. So, and they're, they're rolling up these companies to become much more than just secure text. So I look at someone like Vocera that has the Vocera badge. They already have the equipment attached to every nurse, right? And in many of these healthcare organizations, they can do some really compelling things because communication is so important and can solve many of the workflow problems. So I love someone like a Vocera or Simpler that just rolled up Halo Health as well into their organization. I mean, I think they can do so much more than just secure text. And so facilitating that communication, perfect serve is another in this category that's kind of rolled up a number of these technologies. They they acquired Telmedic and and some of those. So I think we're going to see them all roll up and be able to offer something, one, a broader communication platform that is needed by most healthcare organizations and some consolidation for a healthcare organization where it's like, overwhelmed by the number of communication platforms that they have. And then two, I think they'll be able to go much further beyond just a doctor secure texting a nurse and then being able to do that with patients and other things. So that's another area that I'm really interested to watch because I think one of the things that's essential in this move to value-based care is communication and being able to do that effectively and efficiently. And I think these companies are poised to kind of profit from that that change in reimbursement well you're warming my heart john because of course that's the that's the <laughs> area of healthcare i came from re- most recently is in the communication space so i definitely think you're on to something there that now that with all this infrastructure and all this in place um we're going to see some movement and some very interesting applications of communication in the next year and we again because of the last couple of years we've had totally i think people have now going ah this is why we need this kind of technology. This is why it's so important to patient care and just uh, the operations of the, of the organization. 
Yeah, we didn't even mention digital front door. I mean, Stericycle Communication Solutions does a ton with that, right? I mean, right. Uh, yeah. we, we could have mentioned all of those, right? Uh, Elation Health is expanding beyond their previous Athena Health yeah. footprint, right? Uh, Odoro got acquired, right? So, I mean, people are saying, how are we going to do that digital front door and solving that as part of the patient experience and communication piece? That's a big deal as well. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. We're talking about what we're looking forward to in 2022 and what the expectations are in terms of stories, companies to watch, and things like that. John, uh, I got to ask you this one. What are the big announcements that you're expecting in 2022? So I'm going to go with an all government regulation approach to this question. Okay. All right. My prediction and the big announcement we're going to have in 2022 is going to be the a new privacy law. It won't necessarily be healthcare specific, but we're going to have some sort of major privacy law that's going to restrict a lot of what we're doing in healthcare and it's going to apply to us. It's going to piggyback the HIPAA stuff. I mean, it won't replace HIPAA. Well, you know, it'll be on top of, but I think we're going to see a, a nice big privacy law come that says Hey, you know, all you uh, digital health companies, especially direct to consumer ones, you, you need to be more uh, respectful in how you use the data and you need to be informed the consumer about how you're using the data. And I think that's going to change a lot of what we're doing in the digital health and kind of direct to consumer space, whether you're a direct to consumer company or a provider organization that has to go to consumers as well. So it's going to be a challenge for these digital health companies that are kind of skirting HIPAA a little bit right now. And for those that are complying with HIPAA, it won't be a, a heavy lift, but it will be an impact. I really like that, John. I think you're onto something there. And, and, I, and I agree with you. I don't think it'll single out healthcare. I think yeah. there'll be provisions that are specific to healthcare, but I think in general, it's the whole realization as consumers around how much data is being collected by some of these mega tech, tech titans that are out there and, and maybe how little a recourse and power we as individuals have over how that data is collected and used. So yeah. I definitely see that there's momentum politically um, to do something uh, not, I won't say to clamp down, but at least to get more transparency around this whole thing. We've seen it obviously happen in Europe. We've seen it happen in other countries. So those potentially could be models of how maybe the U.S. might adopt something similar. But I think it's a little bit overdue, uh, frankly. Yeah. And I think it's just good practice um, in general. And my so, sad prediction is it's going to be different than GDPR and it's going to be different than is, is it COPA in California, I think is what's yeah. called. Like it's going to be different. So we're, we're going to have a third thing that we got to deal with. So, uh, you know. That's unfortunate, but you know, uh, there are different needs. I don't think GDPR or COPA are perfect, so I'm not sure we should just adopt those blankly, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, for me, I'm going to go policy route as well for one of my predictions of next year. And it's, it's a little bit counter to what you're saying. I think we're going to hear a lot of announcements early on in the year about delays in policy and enforcement mm. in 2022, just because COVID did not release its grip on us in 2021. I think some of the deadlines and some of the, the penalties and some of the, the, uh, the new uh, uh, guidelines that are, that are supposed to come in next year, I think will be delayed. I think there'll be a willingness to talk at least about, okay, you know what, let's roll this back another year or let's roll this back to the fall. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see some of those announcements, maybe, maybe more at the state level for that. But I think that's just a recognition of the reality to say, hey, we didn't come out of the pandemic like we thought we would have. 
And so it's really hard to expect organizations that are now also struggling with staffing issues to then deal with all the new regulations and reporting requirements and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see some movement and some announcements on, on those kinds of things. Yeah, that's interesting. If it does that, it pushes it right next to the midterm. And will that push it even further if they do it, right? Uh, that, that'll be interesting to watch. You know, there's one thing I think we will get as well. This is my other kind of big announcement that I think we're going to get. And I think we're going to get the finally the details on the penalties for information blocking. Like right now, there's there's not much enforcement, right? Like, <laughs> you know, there's information blocking out there, but we don't have the penalties. We don't have the enforcement mechanisms in place to do it. And I have a feeling that we're going to get something pretty big that, you know, from OCR talking about, hey, we are going to come out this, after this and we're going to come after it aggressively. And there's going to be some, some penalties and some, uh, you know, pain if you're, if you're information blocking. So I'm watching for that to come out in 2022 as well, because depending on how that comes out, if it's a slap on the wrist, nothing will change. But if it's pretty significant, then you could see a number of organizations saying, Hey, we don't want these penalties. We don't want that bad PR from the penalties of you're an information blocker. You know, I, I don't know if we'll have an information blocking wall of shame like we do with HIPAA, but, uh, you know, I, I, but it will come out and it will right. be noticed that, uh, you know, it, whether it's FTC or OCR coming and penalizing them for information blocking, I think it's going to be pretty significant. I think one last thing I'll add about announcements next year, I expect the uh, wave of M&A to continue. I think oh, we're definitely going to see a lot of more M&A next year, especially as the companies who did well during the or through the pandemic are now looking at some of the opportunities to scoop up companies that are maybe struggling a little bit or maybe not have the revenues they thought they were going to have. Um, I also think the the timing's ripe in terms of consolidating because there is this wave of of hospitals and and big organizations wanting fewer vendors to deal with. And so I think that might push some of the mid-sized vendors to to consolidate, right? To get together. Mm -hmm. So I expect that to go. Uh, on the outside chance, I also think maybe one of the bigger players might decide to merge. And mm. maybe maybe two of the bigger EHR players may decide to get together uh, finally and, and, and you know just pool their resources. So don't know who that's going to be. I don't have any inside knowledge, but I'm just wondering if in 2022, we're going to hear about one of these bigger EHRs taking over or buying out another one of our uh, one yeah. of competitors. I mean, how interesting if like a Athena and NextGen got together or something big like that, right? I mean, right. That, that would that would definitely send some shockwaves. I, I don't see it happening on the acute side. Uh, I think Epic, Cerner, Meditech are all kind of independent enough. Uh, right. You know, maybe some of the smaller acute care ones could do it, but uh, on the ambulatory side, you, you could, yeah, that would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I am interested to see, uh, you know, from a... Uh, compliance and regulation perspective, you know, how important is that going to be, you know, from a reimbursement perspective, you know, telehealth is interesting because there's all this like regulation sitting out there that's like, oh, what, what's going to happen with that? I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I think that there's, I, I, I have no prediction on, on what's going to happen with telehealth policy because it just feels so nebulous. Like it's so clear that the benefits of it, but I don't know why that hasn't trickled down to a policy perspective. Yeah, that, that is that, that is very interesting. You're, you're again. I love that you're talking about these things because now I hear them. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think we're going to be talking about that stuff next year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, before we get to the end here, I got to ask. I got to ask this one of you because it's obviously near and dear to my heart. Uh, what conferences are you looking forward to, John, in 2022? 
Well, I'm, I'm glad to be at conferences again. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Someone told me they listened to our, our CIO podcast at Healthcare IT today, and it was the one we filmed at Chime. And she's like, I just watched it because I could just see the joy that you were actually together. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of true. And I think in 2022, it will be the same, uh, you know, but, I, you know, the biggest one for me that has to be Vive, the new, the new kid on the block making a splash, you know, with Chime Spring Forum kind of co, you know, done with uh, Vive. I don't know how it's going to be. I just, I, I don't have a prediction. You know, are people going to go to Vive and Hims? I'm interested to see, you know, like, and, or will the CIOs go to Vive and then their other people will go to Hims, And so they'll both still be good, right? Like, and, and how will the Chime people interact with the HLTH, the health people? Right. Will there be like a coming together and a collaboration or will the Chime people be like, you know, foreign aliens to these digital health people and vice versa. Right? Like, I'm not sure, but I'm excited to see that one. And, and then of course, I, you know, self-serving, I'm excited for Hitmic to get back together in May in person to finally have the healthcare marketing community come together, at, you know, Hitmic. So that, that one, I don't know, that one obviously is just a, a totally biased since I founded it and it's my community and the people that I love, but, you know, I can just see the joy of, you know, of being together. And of course, a karaoke night. John, you should have put a spoiler alert there. You just dropped some news for those that were keenly listening, but I won't repeat it because we're going to announce it soon. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to Vive. I'm just, again, curious to see how that coming together of those two worlds is going to happen or not happen. Uh, I also think that, you know, there's going to be some very interesting people there who I haven't seen in a couple of years. So just that alone. I've got to go with some of the, uh, I'm looking forward to some of the stalwarts, right? Some of the traditional ones. I'm just, I'm interested in Hymns 22, I think it's going to be interesting in the sense of, I think they're working hard too to try and reformulate and come up with new ways to engage people and shake things up a bit. We saw what happened with HIMSS 21 in terms of there weren't a lot of providers there, um, but we kind of expected that. We're right in the middle of the pandemic still. Yep. But I think the people that were there were very engaged, right? We, we saw a lot of that. Um, I think the vendors, they, I think had there not been that wave, I think they would have been there. We saw a lot of booths that were committed. So I think in 22, we're going to see a return. And thankfully, it sounds like these latest variants are not as, um, although they may be more contagious, they're not more deadly mm -hmm. and, more, and more hospitalizations aren't, don't seem to be the, um, an outcome. So I think we'll probably, hopefully, see some more providers come to that event. I'm looking forward to MGMA next year in the fall. I'm looking forward to the Barrel Health, uh, sorry, the Barrel Institute um, uh, Conference, like Patient Experience Conference. Um, and one interesting one that I've never been to that I'm looking forward to is the Health Connect Partners Reverse Expo happening mm. in uh, May in uh, New Orleans. That's where uh, it is truly like a reverse expo where the, um, the vendors are the ones that walk around and the people at the booths are provider organizations. So I'm interested to see because I've heard really good things about it. Um, I'm just curious to kind of go and check it out and uh, just see how that kind of format really works. So, yeah. The other one I'm looking forward to, I just love user conferences. Uh, and, you know, we, we're pretty lucky that a lot of EHR vendors in particular invite us to their user conferences and, you know, having that invite and being able to go there and like hear boots on the ground, what's really happening. And, you know, I, I love those. So, you know, I always appreciate when they, when they invite us and bring us out to their user conferences. It just provides a new perspective on what they're doing and the, and the innovations and work that really goes into making it 
work effectively. So yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always in, and I'm glad that I think user conferences will come back in 2022, whereas in 2021, they were largely virtual with a few exceptions. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm going to beg Judy and uh, see if I can make it to the Epic user conference this year too. That, there's, <laughs> there's my uh, goal for 2022. That's your, that's your goal. I think that's a goal for a lot of people. I would, I hope you achieve that goal, John. And, and you're right. I'm looking forward to user conferences coming back in person, whether it's the Kairos Atlas one uh, and Greenway has already invited me to come down. I'm looking forward to the green. I've never been. So I'm looking forward to the Greenway engage conference in early February. So yeah. I, um, and like you said, it's always fun to get and talk to real users of these products and get the, the scoop and to hear what they're excited about in terms of new features, new functions, and kind of what the challenges they're dealing with. So do you think we'll to- have some new conferences in 2022? Some people that come out with something maybe a little different or uh, maybe some more intimate. I mean, that's our plan, right? With uh, Expo.Health is to do some gotta, more intimate events. You got to like put spoiler alerts in front of all this stuff, John. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I do think we're going to see some new events, smaller ones pop up because I think that's a format that works better given the uncertainty around the larger events. And certainly um, I think that's what people are kind of looking for, right? That connection again which was already kind of hard to do at a very large event. So I think so. I think we'll see some interesting uh, things. I'm not sure if we'll see like, you know, a wine tasting slash health IT event, but (laughs) you never know. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think we'll see any big ones, right. Uh, You know, a la health the way it came in, but uh, you know, I I think that we could see some smaller ones that are intimate and personal, which could be awesome. Hey, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of healthcare IT today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And and please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening. 